the things you prayed for. Chapter 33 Snack Break 2 Loop's hovering a little, but Taco's brain keeps fucking him over. She's valid. As philosophical as he seems to be about the whole past Taco thing, Loop can't quite force herself to get over it. She sent a text to Merle, asking him to do a house call since it's been two days, and Taco hasn't said anything about leaving the tower again, but Merle's not responding. It could mean he's in another dimension. It could mean he forgot to charge his phone. It's Merle, so both options are equally likely. She's got a good 10% of her attention focused on her phone. As Taco uses the prosciutto he bought at Italy to make them absurdly fancy BLTs for lunch. So when it vibrates in her pocket, Loops got it out in a flash. It's Barry, which normally wouldn't be disappointing, but right now kind of is. And it's also weird, because last Loop checked, he was in his lab figuring out how to broach the subject of making Taco's arm lighter without setting off a panic attack. Loop glances at Taco, puttering away in front of the stove, crisping up $30 worth of meat, and answers on speaker. There's no point in trying to be discreet about anything when they both have enhanced hearing. Hey, babe, she says. Tea's making sandwiches. You want one? What am I, a machine? Taco glances over his shoulder at her. But yeah, if Barold wants one, I made extra of the fancy bacon. Prosciutto. Loop says. She knows Taco knows what it's called. They grew up in Brooklyn. Even pre-war, Taco had a non-negligible amount of Italian in his vocabulary. Taco says he'll make you a PLT. Prosciutto, lettuce, tomato? I... Actually, I don't remember the last time I ate. Barry says, sounding as mystified as he always does by his lack of basic life skills. Thanks, but, uh, actually, I just called to say Lucretia's here. She was hoping to talk to us. You, me, and Kravitz. Oh, says Loop, glancing at Taco. Shit. Sure, I'll be right up. Is it... any hints? None. There is a pause. I mean, none I picked up on before I stepped out to call you. I'm guessing it has something to do with Jersey. Loop can't help wondering if Lucretia remembers she's taking a break. The man controlling the robot in Jersey had been one of the last dregs of the hunger, though. Loop doesn't really want to be left out of this discussion. Thanks, baby. I'm coming now. Love you. Love you, too, Barry says, voice warm and happy. Loop grins down at her phone as she hangs up and ignores the face she can see Taco making out of the corner of her eye. Okay, I'm gonna run upstairs and see what the director wants, Loop says, pocketing her phone. I'll be right back. You can eat without me if you want. Uh... No, absolutely not, 
Paco says. I'm coming with you. Loop frowns at him. It's just Avengers business, babe. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah, I do. Paco pulls the prosciutto from the pan and turns on the warm function on her oven so he can stick it inside. Are you kidding? She could be up there to talk to you about the hunger or me. I'm not going to sit down here on my thumbs and wonder. Paco's got a point. Except that Loop's really hoping to keep both herself and Taco out of whatever is happening right now. Lucretia's not her boss anymore because there's no shield left for Loop to work for. Captain America is freelance, and right now, she's taking a break. Still, it's not like Taco's gonna listen to her. If Loop says no, it'll just make him more determined to come. She knows her brother. Yeah, okay, she says. We couldn't keep you out if we wanted to, so you might as well. I like Lucretia, though. Try and be nice. You almost killed her once. If I almost killed her, then I was nice, Taco says. I don't see you holding a grudge over the almost killing. It's an exclusive club, just like you and her. I'm your sister, Loop says. You forgot Krav. You shot him twice. Taco shrugs. Don't remember the first time, but if all he got was a scar, then I don't think I was trying very hard. Doesn't count. Taco's not going to be nice to Lucretia. At least she tried. You want to change? Loop asks, slipping on a pair of sneakers. She's dressed in workout gear. Taco's in pajamas and the Captain America hoodie that's become his. His hair is braided back out of his face, but it's a braid he took a mid-morning nap in, so it's a little worse for the wear. Why? Taco asks, absolutely just because he wants to be a shit. She's not my boss. She's not mine either, Loop says. No shield, no job. Thanks for that, by the way. You're the reason I'm unemployed now. Taco sticks his tongue out at her. Good thing your boyfriend's rich, says Taco, padding ahead of her out of the apartment, barefoot. Where are we headed? Barold's lab? Upstairs. There's a briefing room by the helicopter pad, Loop says, following Taco. Lucretia's probably just checking in about Kravitz and Barry's New Jersey adventure, I don't think it'll be very interesting. The first sign that Loop's wrong about that is that it's not just Lucretia waiting upstairs. It's Killian, too. The second is that there are two helijets parked on the helicopter pad outside, which means Lucretia and Killian arrived separately, and at least one of them is here, looking for backup. Kravitz's posture is tense, Barry might still be hoping this is a debrief, but Kravitz thinks it's more than that, too. Fuck. Cap, Killian says, dropping a hand to hover above her holster, eyes locked on Taco as he walks into the room and drops into a chair. 
I see you've brought your brother. I know I've got brain damage, but actually I do hear pretty good, Taco says, eyeing Killian and her gun. Hi, I'm Taco. You know, from your history textbook, you may have heard of me. Lucretia tilts her head, clearly amused. I'm more familiar with your later work, she says, when he tried to kill me. Yeah, says Taco. I'd say my bad, but I had, uh, no fucking say in that, so glad you didn't die. Nice to meet you. There's a moment where everything could go wrong, where Lucretia could take things personally, or at the very least, ask Taco to leave the meeting because he's not an Avenger. Instead, she smiles, a minute upturn of the lips, but still a smile, and nods in greeting. You as well. Now. Lucretia glances at the rest of them. Shall we get this briefing started? Briefing! Loop repeats. As in, mission briefing. Lucretia ignores her question, looking at Barry instead. If you wouldn't mind pulling up any news feed you'd like. Sure, Barry says. Jarvis? A projector in the ceiling flickers on, and a semi-transparent image appears over the table. At first, it's just a concerned-looking newscaster. Then the broadcast cuts to footage of four humanoid robots, silver and gray with glowing red eyes. One of them picks up a car, and the camera filming the robots jerks upwards abruptly, only just dodging the car as the robot heaves it up into the air, aiming for the news helicopter. What the fuck? Taco says, sitting up straight in his seat. Are those robots? They are, Lucretia says. They're attacking Philadelphia. Casualties have already been reported. She looks at Barry, then Loop. I want you on this. Loop's heart sinks in her chest. She told Lucretia she wasn't on call anymore. No, she says. I mean, yeah, Barry should go, but I'm not... I'm on break. I can go, Kravitz says. If you need ground support, I can... I appreciate the offer, Krav, but we need Cap for this, Killian says, cutting him off. Not that you're not handy in a fight, but, I mean... She gestures at the footage. We need brute strength and lasers for this one. Our cue's down there already, and unless she fires explosives, she's not making a dent in these things. Loop could say no. She could tell Lucretia the truth, that it's shitty to show up in person and back her into a corner, that Lucretia should be better than this, that Loop already felt bad enough the first time she made Barry and Kravitz go on a mission without her. Loop's been going stir-crazy, cooped up in Hall Winter Tower with Taco. Even the trip to Italy didn't really help because it was just her babysitting Taco constantly on edge. There are four robots terrorizing Philly. Barry's the best person for the job, but without Merle or Magnus around, Loop's a close second. 
Loop runs her fingers through her hair and shoots Kravitz a grateful smile for trying. She deliberately doesn't look at Taco. I'll suit up, she says. Looks like we'll want to be quick about this, or eventually they're going to get to the Liberty Bell, and I still haven't seen it. Excellent, Lucretia says. I'm needed in Europe. Killian will be coming with you. Killian? We leave in ten. Killian's lips quirk into a smile. Good to have the gang back together again. Been a while. Taco is strangely quiet through the whole exchange. Mary makes a lot of noise about showing Killian the thrusters he's been working on. Kravitz walks Lucretia out to her hillijet. None of them are subtle, but Loop appreciates it anyway. Giving them space. Sorry, T, she said. I tried to... No, I get it. Taco turns to face her, grinning. There's something brittle about the expression on his face, but he's trying. It's almost worse that he's trying so hard to look cool with this. Gotta be a superhero or whatever, right? Duty calls. I can handle not being in your company for a few measly hours. Taco's good. You sure? Loop asks. I'm sure we could figure something out. I don't have to... Taco shakes his head. Look, as much as I'd love to send a hot boy out there instead, he's just a dude. You're Captain fucking America. Go kick some robot ass. I'm a big boy. I can handle being on my own for a bit. I know you can, Loop says. She glances outside at Kravitz and Lucretia talking beside her helijet. You could invite Krav down to keep you company. Feed him a sandwich. Sure, Taco says in a way that probably means no. Didn't the agent say you were out of here in ten? Better run if you don't want to fight robots in jeans and a t-shirt. Loop walks over and squeezes Taco's right shoulder. Thanks, T, she says, voice soft. When I get back, we're definitely watching Terminator. You've missed out on the chance to make so many jokes. Taco really doesn't know that much about Kravitz, if he's being honest. He's Loop's hot friend. He's a decent hand-to-hand fighter, an ex-Russian spy. He's suspicious as fuck, which honestly Taco's okay with, because Kravitz is suspicious as fuck on Loop's behalf, and because Kravitz is nice enough once he's sure you're not trying to kill his friend. Other than that, Kravitz hasn't exactly given him much to go on. But he's the only one left in the tower, and there's no way Taco can handle sitting by himself watching YouTube videos for the next... for however long it takes Loop and Barry to take out a few violent metal automatons in Philly. Plus, Kravitz tried to get Loop out of having to go. Taco hates being handled... But he appreciates the sentiment, and yeah, okay, maybe he would rather have Loop home and safe than out fighting robots. Taco doesn't want to be out there with her, exactly. But he does want his brain to be better. He wants to be able to do things again. 
things like go to fancy Italian markets and taking elevators. Taco wants a distraction. Taco deserves a distraction. Hey, death boy, he says after the helijets take off. Kravitz looks like maybe he has actual work to do. He's got a tablet in his hand, and the director is maybe still his boss? Taco's pretty fucking sure Lucretia's calling the shots around here still, the way she held court with the assembled Avengers. Taco raises his eyebrows when Kravitz looks up from his tablet. You hungry? I... do you want to order some food? Kravitz asks after a beat. Jarvis can call something in. Nah, I was making sandwiches before your boss came in and swooped in with the robot thing, Taco says. You can have loops. I told her I was going to feed it to you. Not my boss anymore, Kravitz tilts his head. You sure you don't want to keep it for when she gets back? Taco appreciates the not-so-subtle assurance that Loop's coming back. He shakes his head. She left. She can make her own BLT later. I make a good fucking sandwich, my dude. You're missing out if you say no. He's not quite willing to beg for company, but he's close. He and Kravitz stare at each other for a long moment before Kravitz shuts off the tablet in his hands and sets it down on the table. I'd better not say no, then, Kravitz says, and shuts the tablet in his hand off, leaving it on the table. Lead the way. Taco probably shouldn't be cool with turning his back on Kravitz. He's watched him and Loop spar kind of, sort of, sparred with him when the Winter Soldier took over his brain, although Taco's memories of that are foggy at best. And the guy's not bad. Taco could still take him easy, but Gravitz is slippery, and the way he moves pings something in Taco's brain, an echo of something some other Taco knew. Taco's brain is a mess, so really, who the fuck knows? The point is, Gravitz is technically dangerous, and Taco's giving him an opening. But one, this is Loop's friend. And two, doing shit like this is how Taco gets his kicks now. Going against the bone-deep conditioning someone else embedded in him. He's choosing to trust that Kravitz isn't going to try and slit his throat on the way down to Loop's apartment. Kravitz stays a good six feet back the entire short journey, so obviously reading the room is something he's got training in. Taco pushes open the door to his and Loop's apartment and turns to look at Kravitz. Just because my brain's made from scrambled eggs doesn't mean you need to tiptoe around me, homie. He reaches out and pokes Kravitz's stomach, where he remembers the scar from the gunshot wound being... I'm a big bad assassin, remember? The surprise and disgruntlement that flashes across Kravitz's face when Taco pokes him is perfect. I... It takes Kravitz a moment to collect himself. He puts a hand over the scar protectively and gives Taco an unimpressed look. I don't know why you assume it's about you, he says. I just don't want to deal with how disappointed Loop would be if I made you break my arm while she was gone.
Taco can't help it. He laughs, grinning at Kravitz and letting himself relax. He maybe gets what Loop sees in the dude. Okay, you'll do, he says. Come in and let me make you a sandwich. Kravitz smiles, a small pleased thing. Taco rolls his eyes as he turns his back on him again. Loop's friend being a dork definitely tracks with her usual taste in men. Loop'd been the one who was more friendly with Sladar, and there's Barreled now, obviously, a giant nerd. Taco wonders if the public has figured out that Captain America's a dork yet. Loop hates things for a living, and for some reason, that makes people forget about her brain. Taco pulls his prosciutto out of the oven and drops a couple of slices of bread in the toaster. Get us some drinks, he says, glancing at Kravitz over his shoulder. Also the mayonnaise. Do you know it's the same as when Loop and me were kids? They made Twinkies bad, though. Kravitz laughs and obediently goes to the fridge, pulling it open. When I was little, they'd sometimes feed us Cerninki for breakfast, he says. They made the Tvog themselves, and maybe they did something wrong when they made it, but I've been to little Odessa dozens of times and never been able to find a place that makes it the same. They don't taste right. He shrugs. Maybe it's memory. Taco squints at Kravitz, taking the mayonnaise from him. Cerninki, he repeats. So you're like Russian Russian, huh? Kravitz takes longer than he needs to get the apple juice, obviously buying time. Yes, he says carefully, setting it down on the counter. I assumed you were fully aware of my history. I've translated for you. The Winter Soldier thought I was a double agent. The toast pops up. Taco ignores it in favor of pointing the butter knife in his hand at Kravitz. My dude, Chiboy doesn't even know most of his own history. Why would I know yours? You're a Soviet spy. Got that. I'm not saying I forgot about the Russian thing. I just assumed you were, I don't know, born to some sleeper agents or something. Kravitz gestures at Taco's tablet beside him on the counter. You didn't look up the Avengers. When I uploaded all the hunger data after the helicarriers, there's a lot of information on me out there. I mean, I looked up a loop, Taco says. Then me. People have written fucking books about me. Do you know Wikipedia? I have a whole page. It says I'm dead, but it's still great. Existentially horrifying in a way. Nobody outside of the Avengers crowd knew that the Winter Soldier was holed up in Hull Winter Tower, safe and sound. Nobody knew Taco and the Winter Soldier were the same people, unless it's mentioned somewhere in all the data Kravitz dumped on the internet. Taco's been staying the fuck away from the Hunger's files. He doesn't want to set himself off. I... yes, I know Wikipedia, Kravitz says, looking amused. 
I don't think I... He pauses, grimaces. I probably do have a page now. I didn't before. Knock yourself out, homie. See if you're on there, Taco says, waving a hand at his tablet. He plucks the toast out of the toaster and slides a couple more slices of bread inside. Bet they're fighting like hell over edits on your page. I think I'd rather not know what they're arguing about, he says, looking amused. I've seen some of the things they're saying about me on the news. Taco eyes the tablet speculatively, because now he's kind of interested. Except the news right now will be all about robots attacking Philadelphia, and he's trying not to think about Loop out there without him. You're making me want to look you up. Please wait until I'm not in the room, Kravitz says. Can I help? It's a BLT, my dude. There's nothing to help with. Taco tops his mayonnaise-smeared toast with sliced tomato, prosciutto, and lettuce, then closes it up and slices it in half. He sticks it on a plate and holds it out to Kravitz. Sandwich. Go sit on the couch. Kravitz takes the sandwich without protest. Taco was only half certain he'd stay for the actual eating of lunch and not beg off, claiming he had work to do or something. Not that Taco knows what he does now, besides flip around and throw rubber knives at Loop in the gym. He makes his own sandwich with twice the prosciutto he gave Kravitz, then joins him on the couch, tugging a blanket over his lap as soon as he sits. So where'd you get that accent if you're Russian-Russian? he asks, since it's something to talk about that isn't his sister. It's good. An odd look crosses Kravitz's face. I had a good teacher, he says after a moment. He thought I should have an American accent, so I'd stick out less as a foreigner. Taco bites into a sandwich and allows that to be the half an excuse he needs to check Kravitz out. The whole all-black-all-the-time thing is a little much, but Barry was right. Kravitz is hot. His dark skin is flawless, and he has cheekbones for days, not to mention the shoulders and the hair. Taco doesn't mean to keep hitting on him, but it keeps kind of just happening. Smart teacher. Gravitz laughs, leaning back against the couch and covering his face with his hands for a moment. God, he says. I mean, you're not wrong. Paco raises his eyebrows because Kravitz is hot, but apparently he's weird, too. Paco's kind of into it. You good, my dude? Yes, sorry. Kravitz lowers his hands and smiles at Taco. I just... yes. He was very smart. I'm lucky he insisted I practice my accent with him. Some of my others aren't nearly as natural. Okay, well, you can't just say that, my dude. You gotta give me a bad accent now. Kravitz raises an eyebrow. Cheers, mate. I appreciate the sonny.
he says in the most atrocious Cockney accent Taco's ever heard. Taco bursts out laughing, putting his sandwich down before he drops it. He was expecting some garbled Spanish, maybe. Bad Mandarin or shitty French. Not that. Oh my god, he says. Holy shit. That's fucking awful. I told you it was bad, Kravitz says. It sounds like he's smiling, but Taco's got tears in his eyes from laughing too hard. So hard. So what the fuck does he know? You didn't... (laughs) Jesus, you didn't prepare me for how bad, he says, wiping at his eyes. Holy fuck. RQ has opinions on that one, too. Kravitz says, picking up his sandwich. She's another Avenger. I'm sure we've mentioned her before. You'll probably meet eventually. She lives in D.C. Yeah, hey, what's up with that? Taco asks, because now that Kravitz mentions it, is it weird that Barry's just housing people? Loop, he gets. Loop and Barry are a thing. But for all the teasing he did... Taco knows Barry and Kravitz aren't secretly boning down on the side. He'd have picked up on it. Loop would have picked up on it. Does Barold just, like, collect people or what? Basically, yes, Kravitz says after considering this for a moment. I was undercover as his assistant for a while, for his protection, and we've been friendly since. When he offered Loop an apartment, he offered me one, too, to try and make it seem less weird that he was inviting her to move in with him. I didn't actually plan on staying here as much as I have, but my other options are somewhat limited now that S.H.I.E.L.D. is defunct. Daco takes a bite of his sandwich and nods. And me! He says around a mouthful of BLT before swallowing. Right? You're here for me, too. Kravitz's face goes carefully blank in a way that means yes. I don't know what you mean. For a spy, you're a shitty liar, Taco says. You're here to make sure I don't snap and kill someone. I remember the first time I came to the tower, more or less. You were suspicious. I don't think you're going to kill someone, Taco. Kravitz protests. Taco gives Kravitz a skeptical look. So, like, is locking people in a cement box when they first get here standard procedure, or... Okay, I did think you might kill someone. Kravitz is relaxing by degrees, loosening up. Taco's seen Kravitz around Loop. He smiles more, makes more jokes. Right now, he's like a quarter of the way there. But now, I know you know nothing about me, but I understand what you're going through a little. Taco snorts, because please. A little, Kravitz repeats. I, if you do look me up, the Red Room. They had a project called the Reaper Program. 
The goal was to breed the perfect spy, to shape children into loyal assets of the Soviet state. It's not the same as what you went through, but when I defected to S.H.I.E.L.D. it was jarring. I was so used to the way things had always been that I didn't know how to function without a handler. Making decisions for myself, choosing things, seemed impossible. His lips quirked into a smile. I was very good at hiding it. It took a couple of months for anyone to notice I never spent any of the money they were paying me and only left my room for training missions and to eat scheduled mealtimes unless someone dragged me outside. Taco contemplates Kravitz, who is apparently more fucked up than he lets on as he eats. The Red Room sounds familiar. The soldier mentioned it, he thinks, and Loop and Kravitz have probably brought it up before, too. Otago doesn't know Kravitz very well. He hadn't thought about what Red Room might actually mean. It's not being intermittently frozen and having your brain zapped over and over, and not knowing how to function outside of what's familiar, not wanting to go out. That's closer to a lot of Taco's shit than he's comfortable admitting. Ah, he says. Kravitz shrugs. Like I said, it's not the same, but I understand some of the challenges coming here after being dragged out of the cold for a long time. Taco glances down at the remains of his food, then stuffs the last of his sandwich into his mouth all at once and bounces up from the couch. Okay, that's enough of that, he says once he manages to swallow. He grabs his tablet off the kitchen counter. Have you heard of Cutthroat Kitchen? I'm going to make you watch Cutthroat Kitchen. We can probably get a couple of episodes in before Luke gets back. What I don't understand is why they escalated from stealing data from a nanny cam company to attacking a city, Barry says, his face played up as Killian flies them towards Philadelphia. Loop's trying to focus on robots and not on Taco, alone in the tower except for Kravitz. He's probably fine, but it's still... she's concerned. It's the hunger, she says, pulling her helmet on and doing up the buckle that holds it in place after tucking her hair inside it. They're not exactly known for being reasonable. You've seen what they did to Taco, Barry. And maybe this isn't the same faction. Maybe they just had a lot of robots lying around that they're all playing with now. It's wishful thinking. First the issue in New Jersey, now this... What the attack is, is a sign that Taco's murder tour didn't wipe out the hunger the way he'd intended it to. They're reasserting themselves, and they're being public this time. Kind of public. Nobody else knows the robots are the hunger. Loop's starting to wonder if maybe Lucretia didn't denounce anything by design. Have you gotten into the laptop you and Kravitz took from the guy in Elizabeth? Killian asks, glancing over her shoulder at Barry. We could use some more intel here. Barry winces, reaching up to rub the back of his neck and faltering when suit connects with suit. I, uh, I kind of let it slide, he admits. 
I've been focused on taco, and I had this presentation I had to give. I'm not the best public speaker. Gillian gives Barry a distinctly unimpressed look. Don't you have the world's most powerful AI at your disposal? Well, sure, Barry says, but I'd be pretty bad at my job if I just plugged a laptop I know belongs to the hunger into my network. That kind of thing needs quarantined. I'll remind him to look at it after we kick some robot ass, Loop says, picking up her shield. Whatever they're up to, we'll figure it out. We stopped them in D.C., and we've got them on the ropes now. If Kravitz was here, he'd tell you not to jinx it, Killian says, setting the helijet down on top of a low building. Our Q's been trying to keep them away from civilians, but she's losing ground. Outside, Loop hears the sound of an explosion. Killian hits a button, opening up the back of the helijet. She's going to run out of arrows that do that sooner rather than later. Lucky for her, the cavalry's here, Loop says, and gives Killian a mock salute before turning to run out of the open door. Loop doesn't slow down when she reaches the edge of the roof. She jumps. She jumps and Barry catches her midair, hooking his arms through hers and steering them down towards the sound of fighting. R.Q. is perched halfway up a row house, crouching on top of a bay window, her bow in hand, aiming at four very pissed-off-looking identical metal men. About time, she calls, not taking her eyes off the robots. I don't know how to break it to you, but a bow and arrow? Not the best choice against robots! Loop hasn't seen R.Q. since she collected Kravitz to join her on their final taco hunt. We're fashionably late, she says. She and Barry are twenty feet above the uneven Philadelphia street. She gives Barry's arm a pat, then slips out of his hold, bringing her shield down in front of her body as she hits the ground hard. The robots turn towards her immediately. Hey there, she says, straightening up. Don't you know this is the city of brotherly love? This doesn't seem very loving, boys. Why don't we... Loop jerks her shield up, blocking a shot of what looks a whole lot like a laser beam aimed straight at her head. Okay, not gonna be reasonable about this. Good to know. Babe? Aim for the joints and the eyes, Barry says, swooping in front of them and letting out a volley of shots. That's how I took down the one in Elizabeth. Loop shifts her grip on her shield as one of the robots takes a run at her, bringing it up and slamming the edge of it into his shoulder joint. There's a shower of sparks as soon as it connects. Barry's got good advice. But robots don't feel pain. It doesn't even slow the thing down, and Loop has to twist out of the way of a powerful punch aimed at her stomach. Loop takes a risk and aims her second hit for the robot's neck, putting her full weight behind her shield and letting her momentum drive it as deep as possible. The metal there dents, and Loop grins as she dodges another hit, then brings her shield up in a hard uppercut, slamming the robot on the chin. The machines are strong and scary, but they're slower to move out of the way than a person, and the lack of pain they feel apparently equals a lack of self-preservation. 
Loop's muscles are working overtime, but her vibranium shield absorbs the impact of metal on metal, and the same obviously isn't true for the robot. It's twitching when it moves, only after two hits, like it's glitching out. Loop aims her fourth strike for its neck, and this time the metal plating protecting the robot's insides really bends, and she hears a distinct snap as the robot's head jerks forward, brought down at a right angle by the sudden change to its neck. Loop raises a foot and kicks the robot over. Her adrenaline is pumping, her heart pounding hard in her chest, and it takes a moment to realize that she's laughing, that she's missed this. Not the fighting, exactly, but the being useful. The feeling like she's doing something that's gonna make a difference in the world. Gonna make it safer. Loops. Been Captain America for so long now. She's not sure she knows how to do another job. She's not sure she wants to. Loop hits the robot again, then turns to block a laser strike from a second. Maybe this is what Lucretia wanted, to get Loop out in the field again so she remembers that being a superhero wasn't always just about saving the world, or one neighborhood in Philly. It was fun, too. It was what Loop was made to do, what Loop likes doing. She's not going to make a habit of going out on missions again. Not yet. Not unless the situation really calls for it. Not unless she's needed. But she's definitely not ready to hang up her shield and retire just yet. Not while fighting and knowing she's helping people when she does still feels this good. Taco's gonna be pissed when she lets him know. Kravitz has no idea what he's doing. Going along with Taco seemed like the easiest option at first. Eat a sandwich, sit on the couch, except he's still on the couch. And they've watched one and a half episodes of Cutthroat Kitchen, and Taco's leaning against his side with the tablet propped on both their knees. Kravitz doesn't know if he should make an excuse to leave, if... Taco is waiting for that, or if Taco put the tablet in Kravitz's lap because he wants company until Loop gets back. Kravitz is a mess, and he shouldn't be. Telling Barry about his and Taco's past opened mostly healed wounds, and now everything feels fresh. He keeps replaying the decision to tell Taco about what he was like when he first flipped on the KGB, and it's... Our Q and Istis know how hard it was for him, but they know because they were there. Loop knows what Istis told her. Barry's probably gotten some of it from context clues. Kravitz hasn't talked to anyone about it before. He's never tried to articulate the particular feeling of confusion and hopelessness he'd felt when R.Q. sat him down and explained, laying it out clearly and carefully, that he wasn't with S.H.I.E.L.D. to be an asset, that he had to be a person now. Kravitz spent a solid week trying to explain to R.Q. that he didn't need to be a person, that he was happy getting to be somewhere people talked to him about things that weren't mission and were nice. 
that it was fine with him if she was his new handler. He'd do what she said. R.Q. had taken him home, introduced him to Istis, and refused to let that happen. Taco's not in the same boat. He was a person before. The appearance of his pre-war self proved that. Kravitz never had his memory erased or his body frozen in cryo. Their situations aren't the same. But there are a limited number of people who have been through anything like the conditioning they both experienced. So, the confession had just slipped out. Taco absorbed it and moved on. Kravitz is grateful because he's not sure how much more he's capable of saying about the Red Room. Taco's got no memories of it, and that's fine. It's probably for the best. Kravitz has got to believe it's for the best. Taco laughs, and Kravitz refocuses on whatever is happening on the show he's supposed to be watching, then frowns because... Is that a spreader bar? Taco looks at him and grins, sharp and teasing. Look at you, Bones, he says. Knowing your kink gear, it's a sabotage. This is still a cooking show, though, right? He asks, because the more he watches it, the less important the cooking aspect of the show seems to be. Kinda, Taco says cheerfully. Don't change the subject. I want to hear more about your history with the spreader bars. I was a torture and interrogation specialist, Kravitz says deadpan. Sometimes you're in a foreign country and have to get creative. Sure, totally plausible. Tacos may be laughing at Kravitz and not with him, but Kravitz finds he doesn't really mind. Doesn't sound at all like a convenient excuse. He pauses, looking Kravitz over. Explains why you're so stiff, though. They should have given you more infiltration training. Kravitz has a brief, vivid flashback to the Winter Soldier, patting his cheek and telling him he needed more training in infiltration. They tried, he says. I took to the torture thing more easily. It's the kind of a joke that would earn Kravitz a concerned look from most people, too dark and too closely tied to the childhood everyone assures him was deeply fucked up. Taco laughs. Yeah, well, could have been worse, he says. They just fucking fried me. He pauses. Wait, was that insensitive? Do they fry you too? I have no idea, homie. I haven't read your Wikipedia page yet. Kravitz snorts, shaking his head. <laughs> no just raised from birth to be a loyal assassin to my homeland. No brain frying. Did a pretty shitty job on that one, huh? Taco asks, grinning at him. You're here! 
They maybe should have attempted the brain thing. Kravitz agrees, which makes Taco laugh again. His laugh hasn't changed. It's still high and loud and slightly hysteric. Kravitz still loves the sound of it, especially when Kravitz is the one who drew it out of him. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get why Loop likes you now, Taco says. You're not just a pretty face, you're an asshole too. That startles Kravitz into laughing too. <laughs> Am I? Oh, one hundred percent, he confirms. It's fine, more interesting this way. Kravitz wants to ask more interesting than what, but he's not sure he'd like the answer. I'm a spy, he says. I like being underestimated. A spy with a Wikipedia page. The skepticism in Taco's voice is warranted. Kravitz knew what he was doing when he uploaded the S.H.I.E.L.D. files, and his walk around Boston with Barry really drove home how much of a public figure he is now. But it still stings. Okay, I was a spy, he says. Now I guess I'm just an Avenger. Just! Taco scoffs and slides the tablet entirely into Kravitz's lap as he gets to his feet. Just a superhero! Past Taco is right about one thing. Nobody in the future fucking appreciates it enough. You want an ice cream sandwich? I'm gonna get an ice cream sandwich because I appreciate the future. I... Okay, Kravitz says. He can't remember the last time he had an ice cream sandwich. Or ice cream, honestly. RQ and Istis probably took him. Thank you. Are ice cream sandwiches a future thing? Taco throws his hands up in frustration, walking over to the freezer. See? This is what I mean! Taking everything for granted like it's always going to be around. In my defense, I grew up in the USSR, Kravitz says amused. The only sweets I got were used as a reward to make the other recruits want to sabotage my performance in the program. Do not try to out-trauma me, my dude, Taco says, glancing back over his shoulder at Kravitz. I'm out of your league. Catch. He throws a sandwich at Kravitz's head, faster and harder than he needs to, and Kravitz only just catches it before it hits him in the face. Barry would have definitely taken the hit. Taco hums to himself. Hmm, speedy. Next time, no warning. Like I said, recruits tried to sabotage each other. Kravitz unwraps his ice cream and takes a bite. They generally threw knives, not ice cream. Taco squints at him, walking over and flopping back down on the couch. Upsetting, he says. Loop and I grew up as poor orphans. Our aunt died when we were twelve, and we had to make it on our own. Kravitz raises an eyebrow at Taco, fighting back a smile. 
I have no idea who my parents are. Once I had to sell my hair so we could afford to have a roof over our heads for the night, Taco says. I looked fucking awful. Kravitz does laugh at that. When he lets himself relax, talking to Taco is easy, familiar. From age three to ten, they handcuffed one of our hands to the bed at night so he wouldn't leave the barracks. Oh, come on! That's not fair! Okay! Taco tilts his head. I was strapped to a gurney and experimented on by Nazis, and then I didn't even get to go home from the war after. That doesn't count, Kravitz says. I mean, the Nazi part, fine, but you chose to stay. Loop told me that story. Taco pulls a face. Okay, fine, I got plenty of ammunition left. Uh, once I got shot in the thigh by some kid and had to stay up a tree bleeding out in the rain for fucking hours before I could get down and walk two miles back to camp. Kravitz smirks at Taco and leans back against the couch, pulling up his shirt to show off the scar on his stomach. Once you shot a man through me and left me to bleed out from the gut shot, he says. I taped it shut to stem the bleeding and dragged myself to the rendezvous point, but still almost died. Fuck, okay, eat your ice cream. Taco gives him a dirty look. You win this one, but no repeats. You burned your you shot me in the first battle. I'm gonna win the war. Kravitz grins at Taco, feeling very pleased with himself. That's all right. You shot me more than once, he says. I... He's cut off by his phone vibrating in his pocket. Hold on, that's probably Loop or Barry. Taco sits up straighter, the mock outrage expression dropping off his face immediately. We'll answer it! Kravitz wiggles his phone out of his pants pocket. It's Barry's number, he says, and answers the call. Barry? Hey, Krav, how's Taco? Barry asks, voice tinny and distorted. We wrapped things up with the robots. No sign of who was controlling them, but we have plenty of robot parts to look over. And I got the laptop from Elizabeth. I'll find something we can trace back. That's good, Kravitz says, frowning to himself. The hunger is mobilizing something here. I'm glad it's over. Taco reaches out, poking his leg. Ask about Loop, he says. How's Loop? Taco wants to know how Loop is. Kravitz pauses. We're both fine, by the way. We're eating ice cream sandwiches. I ate an ice cream sandwich. You're just letting yours melt, Taco says, and steals the second half of Kravitz's sandwich from his hand. He takes a bite, and Kravitz makes a noise of protest. Concentrate on the call, Taco tells him sternly, as he polishes Kravitz's ice cream off. You can have a new one after. Are you going to steal it, too? Kravitz asks. 
Are you going to let it melt? Taco sticks his tongue out at him. On the other end of the line, Barry clears his throat. <clears throat> so, things are going okay? You and Taco are talking? Things are fine, Kravitz says, because, right, he shouldn't be so focused on Taco. Are you headed back? Yeah, Loop's anxious to get home, Barry says. I'll tell her Taco's good. Tell Taco Loop's fine, too. Kravitz shifts the phone away from his mouth this time. Barry will read into their conversation, however boring it is. Barry says Loop's fine. They're on their way back now. Cool, says Taco, visibly relaxing. Tell Barold thanks for checking in. Taco says thanks. ETA? Kravitz has no idea what time it is. He lost track sometime between being handed a sandwich and watching Cutthroat Kitchen with Taco pressed against his side. Half an hour, I think? Barry pauses. Maybe an hour. Killian and RQ are handing this off to the local authorities, but I think I can get Loop out of the bureaucratic stuff and fly us both home. We'll see you then, Kravitz says. Thanks for the update. Loop was worried, but she didn't want to hover. Thanks for answering. Kravitz ends the call and puts his phone away. Shouldn't be too long. Half an hour to an hour before they're back. Cool. Taco grabs the tablet from Kravitz's lap. Just enough time for another episode of Cutthroat Kitchen. I feel like you're not appreciating it enough. This time, you're going to pay more attention. He shifts closer on the couch, his thigh pressing up against Kravitz's as he rests the tablet across both their laps and leans against Kravitz's side. What about my ice cream sandwich? Kravitz asks, a token protest. He doesn't really want Taco to move. He's warm and, despite how much time has passed, his weight against Kravitz is familiar. Shh, Taco says, rewinding the episode with the spreader bar to the beginning and hitting play. It's starting. Loop returns to the tower, tired, hungry, and in dire need of a shower. Fighting robots in downtown Philly is... The kind of thing that would normally make her ask Barry to book them a hotel room and order the whole room service menu. But Taco's in Hall Winter Tower, and this is the first mission she's gone on since he came home. Now that she's not riding an adrenaline high, Loop's worried. Every time she and Taco get separated, he gets stolen by Nazis! RQ and Killian stayed behind to wrap up with the local authorities after Barry flew RQ down to street level, and they had a quick chat while Loop poked at the smoldering remains of the robots. She doesn't know if there's enough left of them for Barry to pull data from, but he seemed pretty confident the combination of robots and almost forgotten laptop will shed some light on the hunger's bullshit plans. Barry flies her back to the tower, 
her shield attached to the magnet installed on the back of his suit, with her arm looped through the handles. It's only meant for short floods, but Loop wasn't willing to wait for Killian to wrap up with the local authorities. Loop lets go of the shield and jumps down, once Barry makes it to the landing pad, because he can touch down and make a beeline for the tower. She sheds her helmet inside the door. She's sweaty under her suit, but no point in changing before she sees Taco. For all Barry says Taco was fine, Loop's got this niggling feeling in the back of her head. This doubtful little voice saying if she doesn't go check right away, Taco will have disappeared. This whole thing. Finding him, losing him, finding him again, will have been some fucked up dream. But maybe the robots were bait to lure her away so the hunger could take him again. It's ridiculous. But so is everything else about her life. She's entitled to a little paranoia. Loop opens the door to their apartment and... stops. Because whatever she expected to find on the other side, it wasn't this. Kravitz and Taco are on the couch, Taco leaning against Kravitz's side, his eyes fixed on the tablet Barry gave him. The now-familiar sounds of Cutthroat Kitchen filling the room. They look up at her in unison, and the tension in Loop's chest eases when Taco grins, pulling away from Kravitz. You should see your hair right now, he says, not quite managing to hide the relief in his voice. Major helmet hair. Loop rolls her eyes. Taco is the worst. I just got back from saving Philadelphia, and this is how you say hello. Yep, says Taco, smile widening, showing off the gap between his front teeth. Did they get pictures of you with this hair? Tell me they took pictures. Loop sticks her tongue out at Taco. She's sure her hair does look ridiculous, but they can't all be Kravitz, who managed to only look attractively ruffled and a bit dirty when a building fell on them in Jersey. I'm gonna take a shower, she says. Barry's home, too. He gave me a lift back. Killian's doing wrap-up. Taco's eyes narrow as he looks at Loop. Wait, with his suit? He asks. From Philadelphia? Is that safe? Kravitz snorts because Kravitz has seen her jump out of a plane without a parachute. Loop shoots him a look because Kravitz better keep his mouth shut. Thanks for keeping my terrible brother company she says. Bye, Crav. Crav gives her an amused look, but extracts himself from the weirdly cozy nest he and Taco, probably mostly Taco, made on the couch. I can take a hint, he says, and then looks down at Taco, smiling. Thanks for feeding me. I don't cook very often. What? Not one of the skills they taught you in the Hard Knocks Orphanage for Russian spies? Taco asks, grinning up at Kravitz, and Loop 
has definitely missed something in the time it took to take out the robots because Kravitz laughs. <laughs> no. Funnily enough, between teaching Gus human anatomy and knife sharpening, they didn't cover self-maintenance. School, right? Doesn't prepare you for shit. That's why I dropped. Taco pauses, shrugs. Also because we were fucking broke as shit and needed to work. Kravitz chuckles, and when he looks up at Lube, he looks... sheepish, almost. Which is an expression she's never seen on his face. I'll see you both later, he says. You still owe me ice cream, Taco. Half an ice cream, Taco says. Loop waits until Kravitz leaves, then raises her eyebrows at Taco. So, you and Kravitz are friends now? Taco shrugs. He's not bad, he says. I see why you like him now. He's not as boring as he seems. He's got his own Wikipedia page. A couple days after Loop met him, Kravitz killed five heavily armored aliens with a single knife, choked out a sixth with his thigh, and then turned around and asked her to launch him at the next alien, riding a flying motorcycle that passed overhead. Boring isn't a word she'd typically associate with him. Right, she says. Cool. Glad you're getting along. Did you Google my friends? I googled your boyfriend first, Taco says. And me. Did you know people wrote multiple books about us? I want to read them, but I can't order them without, like, money. Am I broke again? I feel like someone should have been paying me. I did a lot of work. You're not broke. The army gave me both our back pay, but trust me, T, you don't want to read them, Loop says. I've tried. It's weird. Maybe they'd be funny, now that Taco's back. When she tried the first time, they just made her sad, angry. It was like the Captain America exhibition at the Smithsonian. Nobody really understood them. No, I'm gonna! Taco gets up from the couch. You can tell me how to buy them after you shower. He reaches up to ruffle Loop's hair, and she swats at him. I didn't fix my hair because I wanted to check that you and Kravitz were good. It's not that bad. It's kind of that bad, Taco says after giving it an appraising look. I didn't hurt Kravitz, and he couldn't hurt me. I beat him when I was a soldier, didn't I? He pauses. Does me shooting him count as beating him, too? I'm gonna say it does. I've beaten him all three times we've fought. You don't have to worry. Loop rolls her eyes and grabs Taco, ruffling his braided hair with both hands, despite his squawks of protest, before tugging him into a hug. You're the worst! Taco wraps his arms around her, too, holding a little too tight. It's fine. 
She's Captain America. She can take it. Taco turns his face into her, apparently very messy, hair, and snorts. I know, he says. You missed me. Whoop laughs and peels herself away from Taco. Yeah, she says. Don't know why, but I really did. End of chapter 33